Yeah, before we go, I gotta just say a couple of things. First of all, I listen to you all the time, and and you you fill me in with sure. everything that's going on in Canada. I need to know one thing: How are we going to make up this these NHL games? I don't know what's going on. Omicron flying around. I understand protocol five. I get it. But how are we going to make all those games up, bro? We have a two-week window, and we have three weeks plus of games postponed. So your guess is as good as mine. Maybe ask Gary Bettman, because I don't think he knows. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Welcome to the RP Show, everybody. It's a Tuesday and a very special day. And later on in the program, I'm going to tell you why. I think that I'm going to change my tombstone. Uh, For years, I had penciled in on my tombstone. He never said he was a journalist. But I think since I've gotten into this realm doing daytime sports talk, my tombstone will read, I don't know. As Kim Coates thinks, I know how the NHL is going to cram all these games in. A big day in the NHL, and we'll tell you about that too. Uh, We broadcast from beautiful but cloudy and damp South Florida today, and we bring in from the balmy NHL's Bermuda Triangle, he tells me, Darren Moose DuPont, broadcasting from Coffee Row. How are you doing today, Moose? Afternoon. Good afternoon. Good morning. Um, yeah, balmy. Minus two today. We are we are heating up here in the uh, in the in the rectangle. As John Frenzy would say, time to run around with your with your jacket undone. It's that kind of day uh, in the Great White North. Look, coming up on the program today, Rob Vanstone, award-winning post-media columnist, Rob Vanstone. Is he in hour one, Clark? Yes. Rob Vanstone in hour one and in hour two, Winnipeg Ice broadcaster, longtime NHL and AHL broadcaster as well, Brian Biggie Munns. They're coming up on the program today. <clears throat> and just before we get to the quick six show topics, which incidentally, as I look at them, I got NHL, NHL, Hockey Canada, college football playoff, CFL, and NLL. Just to tell you what's coming in the quick six, I got a story for you, Moose, because people love the stories on this program. It's what sets us apart from every other one. And you know a little bit about this story. It's a cute little story that happened to me this morning. And uh, it was funny. I'm going to relate it. I was sitting at a Starbucks just down the road here in North Federal and wearing this bunny hug. And it's uh, Vancouver Canucks are in town. So it's game day down here in South Florida. The Florida Panthers home to the Vancouver Canucks tonight. So this older gentleman, I want to say about 80, Saunters over to my table. He's got a cane. He's wearing a sport coat. He's wearing jeans and Gucci shoes. And he says, uh, Panthers fan, huh? And I said, well, more Golden Knights, but, you know, when in Rome. And he goes, isn't it something? Isn't it something what those Golden Knights have done, huh? And uh, he strikes up a topic of hockey. And he tells me that he's from Boston. And he played university at Boston College got his junior year in, and then they welcomed all the Canadians down, and that was the end of his hockey career. So he moved to Florida, and he says to me, so uh, you know Tommy Ivan? You know Tommy Ivan? I'm telling this story because for our older viewers, I know that we're big with the younger generation with the digital, but we have a lot of seniors that watch every day on Sastel, Max TV, and uh, your various cable providers across the country. Don't remember Tommy Ivan. I said, oh, yeah, the old Detroit coach. He goes, well, he was the GM of the Blackhawks, too, you know, and I was his personal attorney. He called me in 1976 and told me I just signed Bobby Orr. Did you know that Bobby Orr played for Chicago? And I said, well, actually, I did because my parents bought me a jigsaw puzzle of Bobby Orr and a Chicago Blackhawks jersey, and it completely mind-screwed me because I'm like, I I thought he was a Bruin. We sit there and have this long hockey talk, and he says, I said, listen, if I had a business card, I'd give it to you, man. But I don't have one. And I would exchange Twitter handles. But I'm guessing you don't have that. 
And he said, I'm here every day. See you tomorrow. Waved his cane, <laughs> jumped in his SUV and drove away. But he said, very rare chance to talk hockey down here with anybody that knows what they're talking about. So there is an audience for hockey fans uh, here in South Florida, Darren. And I'm wearing this bunny hug today in honor of the Panthers and the Vancouver Canucks tonight. Bruce, there it is. We're going to see tonight if, with the Vancouver Canucks are for real. Okay, can we hit the quick six show horn, please? Uh, Joy. Enough story time. There were only three games in the National Hockey League last night. Philip Deneau, Blake Lizotte, and Adrian Kempe scored in the LA Kings 3-1 win over the New York Rangers Monday night. Imperial Saskatchewan's Chris Knobloch served as the Rangers coach temporarily as Gerard Gallant tested positive for COVID-19 on Sunday. Nazem Kadri scored the go-ahead goal late in the third in the surging Colorado Avalanche rallied to beat the Seattle Kraken 4-3 on Monday night. It was the Avs' 12th straight home win, a franchise record. And uh, let's see, Nicholas Obey-Kubel had two goals, and Devin Taves also scored for Colorado. Philip Grubauer was in goal for the Kraken, but he could not win the first game against his old team in Denver. And Brad Marchant returned from a bloody nose in the first period to score two goals and an assist on another while center Patrice Bergeron saved one at the other end. And the Boston Bruins routed the Washington Capitals 7-3 Monday night. Another note, the NHL's postponed tonight's scheduled game between the Carolina Hurricanes and Philadelphia because of COVID-19 issues with the Flyers. Now with daytime sports, it's what we love about what we're going, what we do here. <sighs> Who cares about last night? I just got the notification from TSN, and producer Clark said it too. Ken Holland, the general manager of the Edmonton Orders, is addressing the media right now as we speak. They were supposed to play at home last night against Ottawa. That was postponed due to COVID. Anybody want to tell me what's going on with what Ken Holland has to say? Let us know in the comment section and tweet us, whatever you want to do. Let's get the discussion going on that. Eric Thomas watching on YouTube writes in and he says, that's a nice bunny hug, but not as nice as the Rod Peterson show one I got a few months ago. How about that? I fully agree. And uh, Darren, you were wearing a Rod Peterson show bunny hug in the morning meeting. You've taken it off. Why? I, uh, I got a little, I don't know. It was my morning outfit. And then uh, this is my show outfit. I already had it planned. I don't have a, I don't have a ring. <laughs> okay. I'm going to put it back you got on. The mo you got the blue. You get the blue memo. What's that, Clark? Did you say yeah. something? I must be hearing things. Must be hearing things. We didn't get his mic fixed, I noticed. Um, number two, of far more importance to me, of all of this, was an article I was reading at the, at the Athletic this morning. And I, I just got to say this. I don't want to be the downer guy. But at the Athletic today, from writer Sean Shapiro, NHL executives now starting to get worried about finances as it relates to COVID, obviously. And I just want to spend a minute or two on this for the hockey fans out there because we've got, I talk to these American viewers every day here in South Florida. I don't think they understand really fully what's going on in Canada. They rely on us, just like Kim Coates, to tell them what's going on in Canada. And what those NHL execs are getting concerned about is money. They're like, we made it through 2020. We made it through 2021 together in the bubbles. But now we've got 25 teams in the States playing, for the most part, save for this postponement tonight. Seven in Canada, not having home games, and money's becoming a crunch. It's, it's a divide in the league. If you, i got to tell you, if you're an athletic subscriber, go read the article, because I was fascinated, but a little worried. And I wonder where you stand on this, because we all love to make fun of the Leafs, or at least I do. But the article said, you can make fun of the Leafs all you want. 
They're the cash cow of the National Hockey League. And when they're not drawing fans and they're not even playing, major problem for everybody else. And I just wonder, Darren, it took one anonymous NHL executive to say, we're starting to get worried. It's taken almost two years going into year three. It's not surprising. But is this sort of an undercurrent that they don't really want talked about? NHL executives and owners and even players, do you think? It's kind of a scary article. Yeah, it is. But this just fits right on line with what we were talking about earlier this week, right? And we talked about how are these teams surviving. And, you know, the goal of a healthy business is to build it up so that you can have a rainy day fund that's two to three years. Meaning if your revenues got cut off 100%, you could survive for two to three years while you pivot and reinvent yourself as a business, right? A lot of people aren't that financially responsible. All the startups, all the new entities, all the new organizations, they can't get there right away. It takes years to get to that position, but all these teams would be operating based on, okay, we can handle this for two or three years. Well, now we're here, two or three years. And the teams, you know, aren't going to continue to dump a bunch of money in um, and see no results. And now it comes to the owners, right? How much more do they want to continue to put in before we just have to pause this and get back to a revenue generating situation? It's a, it's a tough spot, but the timeline's not surprising. That two to three years is kind of what we were talking about before. Just checking in from some of our viewers as we open for business, the taco time comment section early on. Brady Leavell's watching from Hockey to Hell and Back podcast. He says, great story about the old hockey guy from Boston who's a lawyer here in, in Boca Raton. Dan, the situation, Cervelli's watching in Philadelphia. He says, uh, Rod, I look at your shirt and all I can think of is Pavel Bure. How about that? Uh, yeah, there was, a, there was a Bure that spent some time here with the Florida Panthers. For me, I think of Alexander Barkov every time I have a look at this bunny hug. From Frank Salazar, watching on YouTube, he says, Love the gear, Rod. Thanks for showing the cats some love. Of course, man, it's game day. And Mike Horgan, watching from the 905, says, Simple, if you can't play home games in front of fans next season, you play elsewhere or sit out the season. Seems simple, doesn't it? But I, we could have taken a different road here. We had a little discussion as to what our poll question was going to be today. We've settled on for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center. Who will win the Super Bowl, the NFC or the AFC? And the last I looked at the poll results, 100% voted correctly the NFC because that's where the Dallas Cowboys reside. But the other poll question we were kicking around and may do it later on this week is Friday night, the Saskatchewan Rush National Lacrosse League team is going to play at home to the San Diego Seals. You're going to be broadcasting a moose. And from what we understand from the insiders, there's a little bit of pushback that they're playing. And so the question could have been, should the Rush be playing amid this COVID environment? But the fact of the matter is, and we're very close to the Rush people, we got to play. Because if we don't, we're going to go out of business. It's pretty simple. It's the NLL. It's not the National Hockey League or the NFL or the NBA. It's ticket sales that keep them in business. End of story. So I think if the NHL is admitting now that we're starting to get a little worried, what does it say for the other leagues? When did they start getting worried? Okay, so I'm going to move on, and I appreciate your thoughts on that because I don't want to be the downer guy today. Uh, point three, it's a good one. 
Hockey Canada is set to unveil which athletes are heading to the Beijing Olympics as part of the national women's hockey team. Canada opens the preliminary round against Switzerland February 2nd, two days before the opening ceremonies. Now, has Hockey Canada said who's going to play for the men? Has that been unveiled? Like, I, I'm trying to stay on top of everything, which includes NFL, junior hockey, NLL, obviously. Who's representing us at the Olympics? Do we know? We don't know. We know Owen Powers. Okay, going. then I didn't miss anything. Hmm? We know a couple players. I think Mason McTavish is going and Owen Powers is going for the World Junior Team. Um, those are the only real names we've heard. We've heard a few um, names, but we haven't seen a team unveiled yet. Okay. Okay, thank you. Then I didn't miss anything. Whew. Sprinkling in a few more comments here. And by the way, it's a brand new week. The contest is open for business for the $50 gift card from Taco Time, or as my buddy Johnny Ort from my hometown of Milestone, Saskatchewan, used to say, Taco Time. Who calls it Taco Time? Taco John Ort. Time. Taco Time. Let's go to Taco Time, because we used to go all the time. Um, Jeff in, well, me and him, I still go all the time. We just don't go together, me and him. Yeah. Jeff in Winnipeg. Jeff Cabela says, agreed, Rod, as much as I have fun with the Leafs, they are a cash cow for the NHL, especially in Canada. You got to read the article, man. It's $4.4 million a game. The Leafs are out playing without fans. Like, it, this is not sustainable. Uh, they want to talk about the Raptors here. I do not. Let's go to football for a second. Let's sashay over there. Uh, revenge for Georgia in the college football playoff championship game Monday night. The Bulldogs down rival Alabama 33-18 in Indy to win their first national title in 41 years. This is how old I am. As they were talking about, it's been 40 years since the Bulldogs won the championship. I'm thinking black and white TV, uh, tube skates, straight sticks. Leather helmets. It was 1980. What? That's Camaros and Heather Locklear. What? 40 years, not that long ago. Um, listen, I don't know if you watched the game. It was kind of dull for the longest time. I didn't see the end of the game, and I obviously missed the most important part of the game. The score does not indicate how close the game was, but I'll tell you, very early on with that strip stack by Georgia, which in scoop and score, which ended up being called back. But I thought, oh, maybe the odds makers were right. <laughs> Me and the football guys couldn't quite figure out why Georgia was favored by three. And they go on to win by 15. Uh, was a pretty good, uh, was a good football game, though. It just it, very long. You notice those commercial breaks were like uh, four minutes long. No. Can you imagine playing in a game like that? We settled in and we knew the game was going to be a minimum four hours, right? That's, that's what you expect. And these, that's one of the main issues with the college football national championship. It's just so long. But, you know, and the game was slow. Uh, we didn't see a lot of scoring in the football game, not a lot of touchdowns. You know, credit Georgia. They were more physical. They executed a little bit more. Um, I thought Stenson Bennett was, was really good with touch on his deep ball in the football game. That was kind of the difference. A couple of big shots, big plays they made, converted into two touchdowns. I thought for most of that game, Alabama was actually the better football team. I thought they executed better. They moved the ball with a little bit more ease. 
they got down into the red zone two or three times and couldn't score. Twice they settled for field goals. Once they had a missed field goal in that second half. So that Alabama did a lot of things right. They just didn't finish drives off. And Georgia, with the big play, um, were able to score a couple of big touchdowns. And then obviously at the end of the game, it was too much for the freshman quarterback in Alabama. But uh, it was a wonderful moment watching Stetson Bennett, watching him tear up on the sidelines. That's really cool what it means to him. He was a walk-on, been through different programs. They had lost to Alabama in the SEC championship. So I thought it was a cool moment at the end of the day. Uh, yeah, well, I just love the spectacle of, of it all, and the game was great, and um, now the NFL is the only league left playing. Uh, one more comment before we break. Wayne in Victoria, B.C. is up and watching. He says, why do games get canceled or played with no fans in the NHL? But in the NFL, everything is going ahead as normal. We're going to pause. We'll answer that question and more when we come back. I got a couple great CFL notes here and some questions for the viewers regarding the CFL. I've got uh, the NLL topic of should the rush be playing Friday night against the San Diego Seals? Is it right? And more. And I'm going to open up the 902 text line because I haven't opened it up for the day yet. So we'll see what's popping in there. This is the warm-up. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus Television Network, YouTube Live and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed.